welcome to the Strong Life Coach Podcast, where we showcase stories of inspiring professionals while highlighting the universal principles of success. Today, I'm joined on the podcast by Esther No. Esther, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Derek. I'm very excited to be here. All right. Well, I'm excited as well. I'm excited to connect with you to showcase your journey. Let me let the podcast listeners know um, about your background. Esther No is a Korean American attorney specializing in immigration law. She is best known as the American Dream personified. Esther's practice is based in Houston, Texas. However, she represents clients from all over the world. Esther grew up in Anchorage, Alaska, then went to study political science pre-law at the University of Hawaii. Esther focuses her practice on advocating for immigrants' rights and defending immigrants in complex removal proceedings before the Executive Office of Immigration Review, who face the threat of deportation. She has successfully sought bonds for clients from ICE, detention facilities, and defended clients in removal proceedings across the nation. More information about Esther and her law firm can be found at esnlawfirm.com. Follow Esther on IG at esnlawfirm, Facebook at esnlawfirm, and TikTok at esnlawfirm. Esther, what inspired you to become an attorney? Derek, uh, that's a great question. Um, there's no short answer for that. So I'm going to provide just a little background about myself. Sure. And then eventually I'll, I'll answer the question. All right. I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes. So Anchorage, Alaska is a small population. Um, and surprisingly, there are uh, some Koreans there. Koreans mm. make about 1% of the population there. And sure. so, of course, I was a part of the Korean community. Um, I attended church with my family. Church was life. We went Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Saturday, Bible study, you know, mm -hmm. cooking classes, English classes, you name it, we were at church. That mm -hmm. was our tight knit community. Sure. So, of course, Koreans, you know, they face the issue of immigration. And my parents went through the process. They immigrated from South Korea. Mm -hmm. So they were very familiar with the process and kind of took a leadership role at our church. Mm -hmm. um, in turn, I followed in their footsteps and I taught um, like an English uh, class mm -hmm. where I helped people study for the citizenship test. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, um, I went to the actual USCIS interview. So I started doing this from a young age. Wow. Um, so it was just like a natural progression. And the most significant part about attending the USCIS interview was it, that it was downtown. Um, I got to dress up and mm. be professional. So I was you know, pretending to be a lawyer back then. Mm. And I knew that this is what I wanted to do wow. just from being there. The, the vibe, the mm -hmm. feeling, uh, it was rewarding to help people. Um, mm. And you just felt, it wasn't a power thing, but it was, you know, you felt confident that you knew what you were doing 
and that you're using your ability and your knowledge to help people. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that. So that, yes. that's kind of why. <laughs> Fascinating. Wow. That is, that is incredible. I, I love the concept of even following in your parents' footsteps in serving, right? That's what I heard from your story. Like your parents were, we became in, in this leadership role, which I, fundamentally I understand leadership is service. You know, they're serving the people. Mm-hmm. And then you taking on a responsibility of serving by teaching English and then taking on the responsibility of even being present at, at those interviews. Um, I love seeing service open up doors of possibilities. And for you, and we, you and I both know this fundamentally, also for me as a person of faith, that when you focus on giving, being generous and serving, there are so many opportunities that open up to you because you, again, you, you're, you're pouring yourself out for other people. And again, we know it as God, other people call it the, uni- the universe will find a way to take care of you in the process and even after the process of you just being focused on giving and serving. Absolutely. I feel so whole and blessed when I help someone. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm the one being rewarded. Like it's, it's just an amazing feeling. You're mm-hmm. absolutely right. Yes. And I also want to highlight, I love how you, you captured the, the, the detail of getting dressed up. And this mm-hmm. is like such a simple, <laughs> simple concept, but I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm just fascinated by how our minds are, are wired and you just feeling that presence, and I know you 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 you, you talked about even like that power or that that um, the vibe the vibe of it. Like right. I, I mean, I'm just thinking of young Esther's mind <laughs> seeing herself in the mirror with those again the professional attire on, putting herself in that situation. So for me, it's almost like it was a virtual certainty that you were right. So I also much... have. Go ahead. Go I also ahead. sorry to interrupt you, but I also have a funny imagery where my parents wore glasses and I thought that wearing glasses would make me look smarter. So I would always walk around wearing their glasses. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, I think my eyes got worse. Now I have to wear glasses, (laughs) (laughs) but I still think it's a look. I collect glasses. Like Mm. I love wearing glasses. Yes, yes, yes. And and I I love it. I think what what it did is it seemed to just impress this vision of, of your, the calling on your life. And like what I think about calling, I think about this, this purpose with a divine touch and, and you, your story, of course, absolutely captures that. Like your parents were who they were for a reason. You know, you were where you were in, in Anchorage, Alaska for a reason. You were part of that one church for a reason. And your whole story flows together. I, I, again, I just love hearing about the calling that was over your life for years now but of course to see the you on the other side of it all um as an attorney in your own law firm it's just a beautiful thing i love it i i tell everybody i'm living my dream and my parents are so happy and proud of me as well Mm, yes yes now tell me on this side of it what do you enjoy most about being an attorney i enjoy that i get to use all of my skills. So I love researching. I love reading. Um, I love interacting with clients and I love feeling rewarded for helping clients. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's so many aspects uh, that allows you to be the best you and to give that out to the world. Yes. Um, 
Yeah. Yes. No, I, I appreciate it. I love, that. I love everything about it actually. Right. I, 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 when the word that was coming to my mind as you were sharing was versatility. Like you get a chance yes. to do a little bit of everything. So, and, and, and I relate to that because yes. I remember being in a career and I, was, I, I, I spent seven years of, 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 of my uh, career in my twenties and into my early thirties um, in, in a call center world and people mm-hmm hated the monotony of of the call center environment right because you're yes. answering phone calls you're you know whatever you're taking payments or you're um changing policies of course i, I did that for two years then and I, you know stepped into another role but when i'm hearing you and i'm listening to the versatility that you love that you get a chance to that's what take on different roles that it really fuels you and i, I love to hear somebody who's so fulfilled right. in what they do Yes, because the create I'm pretty creative too. I, I used to draw mm-hmm. and um, I love pottery. I wish I could do more of the wheel, but mm-hmm. I get to be uh, creative as far as marketing. Yeah. I love fashion, so I get to wear cool suits. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love being social, so I get to interact with clients, do consultations. Mm-hmm. I mean, pre-COVID, I was going to immigration court two, three times a, a week. So I knew the security, the judges, you know, mm-hmm. it felt like home. Like I loved going to court and then I would come to the office and do a couple consultations, you know, review the cases. And then there's always new case law and immigration law. So I have mm-hmm. a, a folder where I put all of the case law. And then when I have time, I get to read it and I enjoy reading it mm-hmm. <laughs> and filing it because I like being organized as well. So yes. <laughs> when, when, I, when I listen to you, it's one of those things where you're the type of attorney that clients want in their corner. That, that's just, again, I, what I'm hearing from you, you're just full of well, passion. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're just full of passion for everything that you do. And, and that's the kind of attorney yes. people want in their corner, right? It's not somebody who's um, jaded or who's like in misery doing what they do, but it's somebody who has mm-hmm. a passion for each part of it. And I think that adds an incredible amount of value to what you deliver for your for your clients. Thank you. Going to immigration court makes me so nervous at times, mm-hmm. um, but I love feeling nervous as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the adrenaline rush and when, you know, the opposing ICE counsel set, gives you an argument in you remember something from the top of your head that you just read and you spit it out. You're like, well, according to section INA one, two, three, little b, a, b, I, this and this and this. And then I go out of the courtroom, go in my car and I'm like, oh my gosh, was that really me? Like, did I just spit that out? So like yes. those moments, it's, it's so cool. Yes. I feel badass. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Yeah. The, you know, as, as I'm listening to you, um, I remember this moment I had and because sometimes people describe to you what success is, right? They, they talk about, oh, like success is going on nice vacations and, you know, going to the beach. And, and I've, been, I've been able to do that and go on nice vacations. Yet there's something about being right in my area of adrenaline. Like what you just mm-hmm. said, the adrenaline rush you get from being in court and the adrenaline rush I get from even doing interviews like this or again, speaking in, in front of people or doing some, some coaching. I think I, I'm, I feel like one of those odd people who love doing what I do so much <laughs> on a regular basis that 
a beach can't even compare. The nicest beach in the world can't even compare to what I do on a regular basis. I totally um, relate. Yes, I, I totally yes. relate. Because the beach doesn't give me an adrenaline rush, even though, you know, I we went whatever, parasailing or whatever that, that was. The adrenaline rush from doing this right here is just can't there's no comparison for me but right. I, 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 i'm so hearing the rewarding. same thing for you exactly absolutely exactly no yeah. i love doing uh bond hearings which which means that you know when you don't have status um ice comes and detains you in their detention facility which is the same thing as jail and so i do these bond hearings they have to be done really quickly um, and i argue why the client should be released from ice detention I have to tell the judge that they're not a flight risk, that you know they're not a danger to the community. Mm. And so when I'm able to get people bonded out of ICE, it's, it's the best feeling. Mm. Yes, yeah. yes. Well, I mean, part of what you're doing, you're delivering hope for people's present, for their future, for their family, and even for their legacy, right? All the family that comes mm -hmm. after them because of what you do for them, um, you're delivering hope for entire communities um with the immigration process so i, I just, I, just I, I i know i get an extra dose of energy from from probably all the attorneys i've interviewed i've been really blessed <laughs> in this space but it, but i think there's a there's a different magic immigration attorneys have um with with um with with what they do in their world in changing communities lives mm -hmm. it's very fulfilling yes mm -hmm. now Talk about that. Did, did when you decided to focus on immigration, was there was there ever a question that you would do this? It, 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 I mean, outside looking in, it seems like no. But was when you were deciding, no, you know what? I'm it's it's immigration. Was there ever was that ever in doubt or was that ever in question? OK, Derek, I love that you asked that question, because there was a moment in my life where I strayed. Um, so it was freshman year of college. I decided to go to the University of Hawaii because Alaska is dark and cold and I wanted to go to the beach and right, be right. sun, rainbows. Oh my gosh, it was amazing. It was mm. the best four years of my life. Mm. So, okay, so I decided to go to Hawaii and I'm filling out, you know, what do you want your major to be? Uh, and there was a, a part, there was a major called TIM, Tourism Industry Management. And I thought that would be the best thing to go work at a country club and golf and drink wine and <laughs> hang out. Mm. And I don't have to be so challenged and stressed, although I love it. Don't get me wrong. Mm. But I was like, I'm going to take a break and live that life. Mm. <laughs> so I did it for a semester. And of course, my favorite class was business management law which is the legal course so i was like okay I, i'm still a bookworm i still love you know being challenged um it didn't do anything for me it wasn't fulfilling mm. it was fun though I, I toured a couple of the country clubs and met with one of the wine sommeliers and you know golfed but mm -hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't my calling. Sure, <laughs> so I did stray. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. No, no, I, I appreciate that. And I think a lot of people relate to it. Sometimes, you know, we are so diverse as human beings. Some of us, I've interviewed, I think, whatever, 45 attorneys at this point. Some attorneys have known since they were four 
that they were going to be an attorney. And then some people, you know, it was their senior year of high school or of uh, college, senior of college, they figured it out. Mm -hmm. um, but even the authenticity of saying, no, did, um, you had another thought process, but I love the self-awareness of, of it wasn't fulfilling. Yeah. That always speaks to me because I speak to a number of people who, who, are, who share with me, and, and it's probably like 90, 85, 90% of people that I speak to are not fulfilled in what they do. Um, and, uh, but to hear somebody who's discovered that, that fulfillment, um, um, and, and, you, and you checked it even back in your freshman year of, of college and realized it was fun, but not fulfilling, and there's a mm -hmm. difference. So I, I love the concept. Absolutely. When I sat down with my counselor to tell her that this is not what I want to do, I want to change majors. She looked at all the courses that I was enrolled in and she was like, well, you're already enrolled in all the political science uh, mm. major courses. You're taking law, politics and society, every legal course. So it was it was an easy transition. <laughs> nice. Nice. Now, what has been the best way to attract new clients to your law firm? I like that question. So most of my clients are referrals um, from existing clients or professionals. Um, and I think the best way is to just do have integrity, mm. which means just do honest, good work. Um, which is easy for me because I treat every case like it's it's family. I, mm. I give it my all. I research and triple check everything. Mm -hmm. So I think doing good work, um, eventually people see it. People see your passion. It's not tangible, but they feel it. They see it. And it just keeps returning. And, mm. yeah. Yes, yes. When, when I hear somebody describe it like that, I think it's, it's somebody who's, who's focused on the depth, right? Like, and I think mm -hmm. um, there is no marketing that compares to a satisfied client. I mean, that person, w w again, it's not just a friend who says, oh, well, I like, you know, um, Esther, but it's somebody who goes, no, 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 I didn't just like her. I paid her and she delivered the results and i and I, I i with my whole heart extend my endorsement to her because i believe she can do the same thing for you but again there's no there's no marketing that compares to a satisfied client absolutely and derek i have one more story mm -hmm. so one of my uh first first clients, I helped her obtain her green card mm -hmm. through her US citizen spouse. So she got her green card and then we removed her condition. And so she got her 10 year residency green card. And then after that, she wanted to apply for her citizenship. And so I helped her apply for her citizenship. And meanwhile, she moves to, I'm based in Houston, Texas, but she moves to San Antonio, Texas. Remember and that? her, <laughs> nice. <laughs> And so her interview is in San Antonio mm -hmm. and she's like, I, you have to be there for my interview, please, you know, mm -hmm. be there with me. And so I attend her interview with her and now she's eligible to uh, uh, petition for her mother and father. And so mm -hmm. now I'm helping her petition for her mother and father, wow. but she has been a loyal 
client. Um, every time she comes to Houston, we go to lunch and mm-hmm. she's, that's, you know, that's the kind of client that yes. I love and yes. have grown to create a relationship with. You know, as I'm listening to you describe it, um, and I've heard this before, and I think it's, it's barely making maybe connecting the dots for me in, in, my, in, in my mind. Um, when you're involved in immigration and you help one of the family members, it's such a powerful amount of influence because mm-hmm. all, any of their family members, whether that's siblings, a mom, dad, cousins, uncles, whoever, um, they're also probably interested in some of the same um, service that you already help somebody with. So it's such a great entryway to, again, helping not just the one person, but the family and then the extended family and all of that. Right. And for a client to refer one of their family members, is just, it's amazing. Mm. I'm so blessed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Now, what advice do you offer someone just starting their career as an attorney? So my best advice would be to number one, be authentic. It's good to have mentors and to pick up on um, things that you like about them, Mm -hmm. but you're not them. Everybody's unique. So Mm. listeners, you know, pre-law students, I, I want you to just be authentic, be you, do what feels natural because that's what's gonna make the difference. She is giving you some gems right there, <laughs> podcast listeners. And, the, yes. and one more, one more thing, Derek. Sure, sure. Um, from practicing law, I would say that client management is the most important thing. So what I mean by that is, happy client translates to happy attorney. So um, whatever it takes to make your client feel. Uh, um, happy and confident in you and mm-hmm. confident in themselves and about their case. I think that's, that's the best thing you can do as an attorney. Mm, yes, yes, yes. Um, I think I, I, I want to speak on authenticity and it, it just comes up over and over again um, because there is an element of imitation that can hurt people, Right. Um, there's an, and I, I remember even as I listen to certain speakers and the way they deliver it, I, I've told myself, I'll never be able to do it like them, right? But what can I do? What's my, what's my unique space? Or to Esther's point, mm-hmm. where's my authentic strength as a communicator? And lean in into that authentic strength. So while you may be able to pick up some principles from some people, as Esther mentioned, um, podcast listeners, there's an element of figuring out your own authentic gifts, your own authentic strengths, and leaning into those to help you get the results that you want. I think that's it's fantastic input and fantastic advice. Absolutely, and it and it should be effortless. It's so natural because it's mm-hmm. you, so you'll feel more comfortable. It'll be, yes. It's great. Absolutely, yes. Now. Um, so similar question, maybe a little different spin on it. It's still about advice. Um, what was the best advice you received about owning your own law firm? The best advice was the, uh, the happy client, happy lawyer advice. Mm-hmm. Um, that being an attorney is, 
listening, you know, listening to your client because everyone wants to be heard. So mm. not just listening, but actually you know, really listening, looking into their eyes and yes. um, feeling what they're saying. What, what are they struggling with? Because people will hesitate and the, they'll speak, but it, it's not really what they're saying. Mm. Um, so you have to kind of look past what they're saying Mm. and try to find out what they're insecure about and Ooh. help them feel confident. <laughs> Ooh, that's a, that's a, that's a good <laughs> one right there. That's a good one right there. Because in, in, in my interaction with people has taught me what you just described is people won't start out with talking about their insecurities. Like, Absolutely. and, and a lot of times what I've noticed with people is they're, they're, they're scanning the environment, seeing, can I trust this person or these people with my real insecurities. So we start out with, you know, best foot forward, you know, everything's put together and we're just figuring it, figuring out as people, um, can I trust people with the real me, the real problem, the real headaches I'm having, the real fears that I have. Um, but I, I love the, the concept and even within the law and we, we, when there's so many statistics out there, but mm -hmm. about the, um, as attorneys and you, you, you probably know this way better than I do, um, how attorneys face um, increased, um, there's, a, there's a number of attorneys that, that, that face depression and anxiety and worry, but for your advice that you receive and you use of happy client, happy attorney, I can see how that provides a great solution to, um, to some of those problems because when, when you have stressful, dissatisfied, angry clients that have paid you it is misery. It is. Mm -hmm. It does um, provoke stress sure. and all of that. Absolutely. Now, um, let, let me ask you, if someone was listening to this episode and they were they were caught by your passion and about your drive and your focus, and they said they want to help Esther, if somebody was listening that could do anything to support you, what, what would that be? Um... I think probably telling people that I'm a hard worker, trustworthy, and that I'm a passionate attorney, mm -hmm. just giving their word um, to support me. Yes. Um, and then tangibly, you know, leaving a good review, mm -hmm. um, referring clients, thinking of me, those, those would all be very much appreciated. Mm, yes, yes. Now, if they were to push maybe people in one direction, I know at the start of the show, I mentioned Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Is there one platform that maybe your eyes are on more than another one where if, if they connect with you, um, that, that that would be maybe their their special place to to um, to learn more about you? Is it, do you have a preference there or do you, are they all the same for you? Um, as a millennial, I like Instagram a lot. Um, I'm starting TikTok, um, mm. but I do like Instagram and then Facebook. Mm, Instagram, Facebook. Okay, yeah. got it. Very good. Very good. Yes. Now, thank you. So similar question, maybe a little bit of a different spin, which is if someone was listening to this episode and they could connect you with a perfect referral partner, um, who would that be? Where would they be? And what does that referral partner do? Okay. Um, as soon as you said that, I, I had a wishful thought, mm. which was 
every time I go to immigration court, there's several people who don't have attorneys. And so when their case is called, the immigration judge says, are you represented? And they, they usually you know, nod no. And then the judge gives them a reset date to go look for an attorney. Mm. And so I'm seeing all these people that I can help but but it's not um, it's against practices to um, solicit to them and you know mm. do that so I can't do that right. but so so wishful thinking um, if somebody was at court and said well Esther Esther can help you then that would kind of be the best referral mm. source yes 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 well I mean the impression that 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 potentially gives to the listeners is if they hear that phrase or that language from a friend, family member of my case was reset, you know, even that, mm-hmm. like that, 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 that um, association between that phrase and you and your brand, um, you know, I, I tell the podcast listeners, like, look, um, Astra's giving us her time on, to be on the show, adding value to us. So podcast listeners, if you, you know, somebody that's in that space, let's do our part showing our gratitude um, for Esther showing up and it is do our part to be able to help her potentially find those people who are having their cases reset because of a lack of representation. Yes, thank you. That's perfect. <laughs> yes, yes. Now, the last question I have for you, um, Esther, is what are your favorite qualities of your favorite people? So my favorite person in the whole wide world is my dad. <laughs> mm-hmm. He moved to Alaska and he didn't speak English. Um, And looking back, I don't know how he did it. How did he support me, my brother, my sister? My mother didn't work, so I don't know how he did it. I know that he had several jobs. I know that at one point he was even a janitor. Um, Mm. He wasn't he had a college degree in Korea, but, you know, it didn't translate to anything when he moved to the U.S. Mm -hmm. And so I really look at him and he started from the bottom and now he's, he's doing amazing. Mm. And one time, this is kind of random, but I saw a tattoo um, of a a mop and a broom Mm -hmm. and it just reminded me of my dad when he was cleaning to support us mm-hmm. and yeah so he's he's the most hardworking, honest and amazing man in the world <laughs> yes i love it i, I love I, I love hearing your admiration your respect and really this is the honor you have for the sacrifices he made and for what I'm hearing from you is you have so much respect for his perseverance Mm -hmm. and endurance through obstacles that are even difficult to fathom. How did you do that? Right. Um, So um, if you get a chance to convey a message, um, I just want want him to know uh, what a fantastic job he has done um, in providing for the family. Of course, we see the, 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 the fruit of his perseverance and endurance in you here as an attorney owning your own law firm and doing a phenomenal job 
um, cl clearly, um, he did a, a, an amazing job raising you and, um, and yes, and I think and all the listeners are able to benefit from hearing your insight um, because of the work he put in throughout the years. Thank you. Thank you. And even to today, um, he he drove this uh, 12 passenger minivan when we were when I was young and I was mm -hmm. kind of embarrassed of the van. But the reason why he had the van was because he would pick up all the seniors and take them to church. Mm. Um, and he's kind of a techie. So he would teach the seniors how to send email, how to text message. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just because he enjoyed it. I, I would be like, mom, where's dad? And she'd be like, oh, I'm Mrs. Kim's fixing her computer, you know, or mm. he's always out doing something. And that was the perfect example. Yes. Um, and I think there's so much of his, what I'm hearing from you is his greatness is, was proven by his service. And I think mm -hmm. that, that comes out clearly from you. Um, Esther, you. I, I, I want to say thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yes, um, I have to have you come back for a, a round two where we explore more about your journey. So we'll figure that out for, at a later time. But you are absolutely given the invitation to come back. Thank you. Thank you so much. I have two more, two more things. Yes. Um, number one, Derek, uh, congratulations on your 10 year anniversary. Oh, thank <laughs> I, you. I just read that on your thank story. You. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And then number two, today is my six year anniversary where I took the bar um, six years ago. And wow. it was the last day of the bar. And after I took it, it was the best feeling like, <laughs> I, I knew I passed yes. and so after that I, I went back to Hawaii and I laid on a beach for a week and drank pina coladas and just <laughs> love life and so today I'm gonna go drink a pina colada and enjoy cool. life like yeah. I, life is so good right now <laughs> I love it I love it congratulations for the six years um I love even your confidence walking out of the bar exam yeah I was like <laughs> um, yeah. Beautiful. Now, let me let the podcast listeners know this episode is sponsored by Strong Life Scholars, whose mission is empowering Latinas with law student scholarships, undergraduate scholarships, community impact guidance, professional mentorships, and professional skills training. Thank you to our precious listeners for tuning in to another episode. Be sure to go over to the Apple Podcast app and give us the five-star review. Remember to subscribe and we'll connect with you on the next episode. Thank you.